Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. So, that was of course Kyle McNeil from Seven Sisters playing the intro music there for Feckin' Metal, the Feckin' Metal team tune. And some very interesting news from the band Seven Sisters recently on Facebook. Uh, they put up a post there on the 14th of December saying that that's a wrap, mixes are done and dusted on the new tunes. Uh, there'll be a bit of a wait for the mastering and the artwork, but their new album is almost ready to go and they will issue a release date as soon as they have it. So that is very exciting news for me. I'm a huge fan of the band and I am seriously looking forward to the new album. Album. I thought The Cauldron on the Cross, released in 2018, was one of the best metal albums in a long time that I've heard. So uh, really looking forward to that. Also, Seven Sisters are going to be uh, doing an episode of Keep It True TV. So that's uh, the uh, series of shows that the Keep It True Festival has been doing for the last while. They're doing the Christmas special, or I should say Kyle is doing the Christmas special. Um, so that will be on YouTube at 8pm Central European time on the 26th of December. And you can tune in to see Kyle's performance um, doing a few Seven Sisters songs. I assume he doesn't actually say what he'll be playing, but I assume he's going to be doing a few Seven Sisters songs. Uh, so looking forward to that as well. Um, but on this episode, I'll be speaking to my good friend Kevin Daly and we talk about the Sabaton Open Air Festival, which is a festival in the north of Sweden, which we've gone to um uh, from 2015 to 2019 inclusive so five years i say the north of sweden so it's it's north of stockholm and north of malmo um and those places i think anywhere pretty much that's north of stockholm in sweden is considered the north even if you look geographically at a map of sweden um fallen is more than halfway down the country so um but it it, it according to people who live in sweden and, and that type of thing it is considered the north so i'm going to say the north of sweden um so yeah we first went to that festival in 2015 and then we went every year right up to 2019 um we weren't actually really planning on going this year but it was postponed anyway by a year due to the coronavirus but it has been a highlight of the summer for us for over a five-year period and we get into uh, all the stories we could think of and just the interesting happenings around that festival um uh, but we plan to do a retrospective of five years at the festival and in our first episode we only got through year one so this is going to be a multi-part episode uh, i would reckon Possibly we might get it finished in one more episode, but it might stretch to two episodes more as well. So there's definitely going to be more than one installment of this story. Uh, I hope you enjoy this one. A lot of people contacted me about the very first episode of Feckin' Metal, which Kevin was a guest on, and mentioned that they enjoyed the stories of uh, going to the Download Festival and, and things like that. So uh, there's a lot of that type of material in this episode, and I hope people can... Um, can enjoy it, enjoy it and connect with it. You know, a lot of people, obviously, you've been to many festivals yourselves. You've probably had similar experiences, but um, there was a lot of memorable happenings from our first year in Sabaton Open Air. So that's what we're talking about on this episode for over an hour. Uh, I won't keep you too long because of that, because this is a lengthy one. Um, but I would just like to say, we, we put it up on Twitter, the Feckin' Check-In Podcast Network, that we will be taking a hiatus over Christmas. So this is going to be the last episode for 2020. Um, I'm not going to release one on Christmas Day, obviously, which is a week from now. And I won't be releasing one on New Year's Day either. The 8th of January will probably be the likely date I return. I'm not certain yet, uh, but it could be the 15th. It won't be any later than the 15th. How about that? Um, so I'm also working on a, a guest for next year. This has been in the works for... A long time uh, i've been waiting for the correct time to have this guest on let's just say so there is a an event happening early next year and this guest if he appears on the show i'm hoping he will it's looking like he will uh, it's going to coincide with an event that's happening in heavy metal how obscure and vague is that uh, <laughs> but as usual i don't want to say too much because it might not happen you never know with these things really until it's recorded i'm not going to talk about it 
specifically. But if it does happen, this will be um, a huge hero of mine and uh, it'll be a great honour to interview this person if it goes ahead. So that's in the cards for early January. So I'm not quite sure when that might happen, if it does happen. But if it does, that'll probably be my first episode back. And then after that, I'll probably continue the Sabaton story. And then after that, I don't really have anything coming up, but I do have tentative plans in my own head. Um, And previously, my own tentative plans that were in my head have come to fruition. So I've got a good track record with myself of things that I planned mentally to happen actually happening. So let's hope that continues in 2021. Um, But yeah, uh, just a couple of little notes I wanted to make. I see Ozzy Osbourne is already working on a new album and has half of it done um, and has a lot of special guests appearing on the album as well. Uh, Chad Smith, I saw mentioned um, amongst other people. Uh, There was one guitarist as well. Can't remember off the top of my head now, but... um, I respect Ozzy for his prolificacy, which is a word I learned in this uh, this year in 2020. Thanks to Paul from Silver Screamers for teaching me that. Um, I'd like to say thanks to Melissa for having me on her podcast. That's Metal Chat with Melissa. If you haven't heard that, it's episode six, um, Metal Chat with Melissa. I really enjoyed that conversation. We talked for over an hour Um, I got a bit of stick on Twitter um, from Alejandra who's a follower of Feckin' Metal saying that wherever I go technical issues seem to follow uh, because there were some technical issues on that episode as well but as I said in my response you can't blame me for the sprinklers going off in her building but I have to say Melissa handled it like a pro she just stopped the podcast and then we continued where we left off so it was all good but I really enjoyed that one um and yeah, it was just an enjoyable chat. So check that out if you didn't know about it or haven't listened to it. Oh yes, um, I also see there's a new Saxon covers album coming out. Uh, I think Andy Sneap leaked that on, was it Alan Averill's podcast? Was it um, Agitators Anonymous? I can't remember, but I was listening to a podcast a few months ago um, with Andy Sneap on as a guest. And he's obviously the producer for Saxon. And he leaked that piece of information a while back, but it was officially announced by the band there recently. And they did a cover of Painted Black. I mean, the world and their mother have covered Painted Black, but it was still a very good version, I must say. Um, Biff, especially his singing, is, is just so good still for a man of his age, um, or just in general, for a man, for a singer. Um, I thought it was really good and enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to that one. It's coming out early next year, I think in the first quarter, Q1, Q1 next year. Um, but Saxon is a band who I have a ticket for as well. I think that gig has been probably postponed to April again now, and um, it was postponed a couple of times, and it was originally supposed to feature Saxon, Crocus, Diamond Head, and Girl School playing a show in Manchester, so I'm really hoping that that gets to go ahead next year, whenever it does. I'm sure April probably won't happen now, or May, actually, sorry, it's May is the date that it's been rescheduled to, so fingers crossed for that, because what a fucking lineup that is. Um, I'm not massively familiar with Crocus, I know some songs here and there and I've listened to a couple of albums um Diamond Head are fantastic I saw them live before and uh, Girl School again I know a handful of songs here and there but just what a stellar lineup uh four four bands that I'm interested in and I would love to see live especially Crocus uh, as I think they might be on their farewell tour if I'm not mistaken but um yeah really looking forward to that that's gonna do it for my intro but I would just like to say um as I did mention on Twitter recently I just want to thank everybody who has supported Feckin Metal in 2020 i really appreciate it doing this podcast is a dream come true for me that's a massive cliche of course but if by dream you mean fantasy well then yes it definitely is a dream come true for me i was thinking about this in late 2019 started putting the pieces together in my head in early 2020 and i started writing down a list of guests i'd like to have and i've actually managed to get a large number of those people on the show and to me it's just been 
on a, an unbelievable series of events which have led to me being able to interview people from the likes of Visigoth, Night Demon, Slaufeg, Sirithungal, uh, Glacier, and all the other bands who've appeared. So anyone, anyone who's appeared on the show and anyone who's supported on Twitter and retweeted and liked and shared and all of that stuff, I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to speaking to a lot of you next year or all of you and interacting with you online, maybe speaking to some of you on the podcast even. Um, but just thanks for the support. It's very much appreciated from me here in Ashtown in Dublin, as I said last time. Um, my small little podcast uh, set up here. Um, so thank you. And I'm going to keep going next year. There's no end in sight for me. This is here for the long haul. And I hope to be doing feckin' metal for years to come. So cheers to that as I have a sip of Guinness in all of your collective honour. I do that a lot after I drink. That was obviously um, for performance purposes there, but I actually do that all the time. Anyway, I won't keep you too much longer. This is my friend Kevin Daly. We've been friends since we were in primary school for about 31 years now. And this is our reflections on our first ever time attending Sabaton Open Air in Fallen in Sweden in 2015. Enjoy. That's your tea. You're on the tea tonight. Well, yeah, I didn't have any beer. All right. Sweden, can't get it after seven. Ah, that's that's going to be one of my points to discuss later. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, festival. Yeah, the, you're um, screwed. And at the weekend, after differences two. in the off licenses in Sweden. Um, we, oh, yeah, yeah. You just, yeah, that's what I had as a point. The stocking up of uh, crates per day. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's just go into it. Um, right. So we're going to talk about Sabaton Open Air, which is uh, used to be called Rockstad Fallen, uh, which is a festival we've been to five times uh, since 2015, between 2015 and 2019. Uh, so this is Kevin Daly, my good friend. He was on episode one, back for episode 15. So uh, welcome. Yeah. Thanks. Good uh, to be back. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm just going to start kind of I actually haven't spoken about Sabaton on, on the podcast at all, I don't think. I, I think I've mentioned oh, the festival. I don't think I've heard much anyway. Already. Yeah. yeah. And I, do you know what I think it is? I think it's because um, I, a couple of reasons. One is that I went into a big power metal um, phase during the years that we were going to Sabaton Open Air. Yeah. Uh, but also I think that um, outside of that and them playing separate gigs, I don't tend to listen to them that much. But they're, they're, they're more of a live band for me. Um, more so than somebody I put on all the time. I did when I first got into them, but nowadays I don't seem to put them on as much as I used to. It was funny. Um, that's pretty much mirrors my experience now. I definitely had a good year or two where I did go through most or all of their albums, I think. But then since we started going to the festival, probably from the second festival out of five onwards, yeah, I'm just purely, oh, it's a month before Fallen Open Air. Shit, better start uh, binging some Sabaton. Yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> like 2014, 2015, Spotify... And maybe 2016, even Spotify uh, stats would have had heavily featured Sabaton songs. But this year, yeah. I don't think there was even one in there um, in my top 100. Yeah, I mean, you know, no, because we didn't go this year, so yeah, telling but, a tale. That's it. But then if we had it gone, um, I definitely would have been listening to them a good bit in advance. So I think yeah. maybe I might be a fair weather Sabaton fan. <laughs> it could be that, but then... I don't know. It's got to be more because of the amount of gig. Like I'd say after Maiden, I've seen them second most times probably just because it's an annual gig at least. And I've, you know, we've seen them a, fair, a good few times before just individual gigs. So yeah. it's good commitment for fair weather. Yeah, I think true. it's, I think it's because they've been, um, we've kind of overloaded on them so much. We're just at that stage now where it's like, 
uh, I know them pretty well and I know I'm going to this annual gig, so I'll get a good month of listening to them, probably. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just did a quick count, actually. I, so I've seen them three times in Ireland and then four out of the five festivals we went to, I've seen them at. So we'll get to that <laughs> at some but point. The, and the other funny thing is because... Um, Every time I like go into the, all right, let's listen to them. Uh, it's one or two months before the PP playlist is ready. I'll get to that later. Yeah. But um, I always go, oh, shit, I forgot like how much this song I liked or how that album was so good. So I always kind of, it's like revisiting like like a really old band. So it's yeah. kind of good in that way. No, I do love them. Like, and yeah. especially from Carolus Rex onwards, I think their the albums have been excellent. Like Carolus Rex Heroes, um, as yeah. <clears throat> Stand, The Great War, they're all brilliant albums, and The Art of War as well is really good. But outside of those five, I'd say I don't really know them too well. I wouldn't know the earlier stuff that well at all. A few songs here and there now from hearing it live, like, but I wouldn't know yeah. every like it wouldn't be like Iron Maiden or something, even though I've seen them like seven times. I wouldn't know them as well yeah, as true. another band I've seen seven times. And they've went to the wholesale lineup change, wasn't it? Two albums ago or three albums ago, so they've obviously had a lot a big change, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I like, I mean. I, I might be pushed to name the members of the band even, which is ridiculous. Oh, I couldn't. Not a chance. <laughs> when you name drop, uh, we'll get to it later, I guess, but the, is it the bassist you've always seen in the pre-party? I couldn't name him, but you always uh, throw out his name and I'm like, who's that? Like, oh, bassist uh, is yeah. Paris Par Sundstrom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's obviously Joachim, uh, I think yeah. I'm pronouncing his name, uh, Broden. Uh, but, Joachim, uh, yeah, that's it. But, I've um, learned since been over here. <laughs> and then there's there's um there's Toby or Toby England who used to be in the band. I don't I don't know the name. Yeah, that's because so. he plays at one of the festivals. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, he's the next member. Isn't he? But anyway, okay, we're skipping ahead there. So yep. I remember reading about Sabaton on like Blabbermouth years ago, and I used to see the name coming up, but I didn't really read any of the articles. And I remember <clears> I was thinking, why? I didn't know anything about the band. I remember I was thinking, why yeah. would you call your band something that's so close to Black Sabbath? Um, and then there was another. I never British... thought of it. I'd like to actually. Yeah, I was just Sabbath, like. Yeah. Stupid band name. It's too similar to Black Sabbath. And then there's another yeah. band called Sabbath, which had Andy Sneap in it. It was like a, yeah. a British trash band. And I was like, there are too many bands now with that similar sounding name. Like, I don't know. And I didn't realize, obviously, that a Sabaton is a Swedish word for piece of armor, which makes a lot of sense based on what they write their songs about. Which I is... never actually checked that. <laughs> is that what it means? Yeah, yeah. It's a piece of uh, there you go. Foot, foot armor that a knight would okay. wear. Uh, so like Middle Ages type of armor. Um, Excellent. Now I know. Yeah, there you go. But uh, I um, I always just t used to think the name was silly. And then, um, funnily enough, mentioning Black Sabbath, uh, we were yeah. going up to Belfast in 2013. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was December 2013. Jesus, yeah, fucking seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> to see uh, Black Sabbath. And we bumped into these two lads on the train. And the whole train carriage was listening to Black Sabbath. Sorry, the whole train carriage was just it's, drinking and going to Black the Sabbath. Buzz. Oh, yeah, the pre-gig buzz. Yeah, and, and listening yeah. to music, and uh, we we basically sat down opposite these two cork lads. So I remember that quite well. Do you do you remember that well? I do. Yeah, as you like saying, I remember vividly the train, the the table set we had, getting chatting to them, and yeah, it was a brilliant experience. So that was kind of it was still it was the smartphone era, I suppose, but um, it was definitely pre Spotify for me and you, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, actually, yeah. We I had I think I still had an old iPad. Yeah, because that this is my memory of it now. We were putting on our iPods, and we, the two yeah. lads had speakers, so we were kind of taking turns and putting on a bit of yeah. whatever. And one of them goes, "Do you ever listen to Sabaton, lads?" Boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I was kind of like, "No," and I'm sure you probably were as well. And uh, yeah. they're like, "Oh, they're class, man. They're class. They're kind of like a guilty pleasure. They're like I man vividly, of war." <laughs> yeah, and I vividly remember the passion. They like they loved them. 
probably like we talk about Maiden. And they were like better than Maiden nearly, weren't they? Or probably yeah. no one could be as good as Maiden, but they love them. I think I think we were talking a lot about Iron Maiden because uh, we were listening to a lot of Iron Maiden songs. And at one point, one of the lads goes, fuck it, man. I wish we were going to see Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of Black Sabbath. That was a quote. Yeah. And we were laughing at that. And it was like, <laughs> it's true. Because <laughs> I think we'd been at lots of the same gigs. I think they were at the O2 in London that year. And uh, yeah. then we'd seen similar gigs in, in Dublin and stuff because they were living in Smithfield, I remember. But um, from Cork. Smithfield is in Dublin. Yeah. But I never saw hiding her hair of either of those two lads again. Never bump into them. Yeah, because I remember or... after that experience, we were saying, um, oh, but there'll be like someone you bump into at every metal gig now in Dublin. And you haven't. No, I've never seen them since. Yeah. But uh, we were sitting there anyway, and they they started putting on Sabaton songs. And I remember at the start not really liking them. Um, mm. At the time, I didn't really listen to power metal. I don't suppose you really did either, did you? Or No, no, I guess we were purely Waffham and you know, old school metal like Sabbath and old school hard rock till that point. They were yeah. the window into it, really, I think. Obviously, a bit, a bit of ice dirt. Depends <clears throat> how you classify them. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I did have one um, Blind Guardian live album, but um, I wasn't really into the whole power metal thing. And then we um, listened to a few of those songs and I didn't really think much of them. But then I think one thing that struck me when they started playing, like I, I did like them. Like, I think at first listened, I liked them. I didn't love them. I just, but it definitely hit me like, you know, it's simple, catchy chord structures and all. But I think it reminded me a bit of uh, what I had known of like Ramstein and stuff like that. I didn't know Ramstein loads, but obviously everyone knew a few of their songs. Yeah, I suppose there's a few similarities there, but kind of stage costumes, explosions, uh, big, loud, chanty choruses. I think just the chords, they're like, right. I guess, power, metal, power chords, just the way they hit the chords. Okay. It's different to like old school metal. So, um, we went off and we watched Black Sabbath and whatever. Um, and then it was like a good while later, but um, you started seeing a Swedish girl who's now your fiance, uh, Sarah. <laughs> One, seven years ago, I wouldn't have said I'd be living in Sweden with a kid with this lady, but yeah. that's it now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. Was that the next part of the story? Because I, I don't really remember yeah. what happened next, so I'm going to leave that up to you to fill that in. Yeah, from my memory, because you're talking about, like, I think we're going to bounce off each other in this episode of jogging mm. each other's minds but um yeah so we had that was 2013 we had the sabbath gig then i met sarah 2014 uh st paddy's day weekend i remember that so that's march 2014 and then it must have been yeah that she like liked like metal she liked all sorts i guess like us but then she liked metal as well but she had a friend who uh called peepee like nickname uh, pair person full name so pp but uh he um he like was a maiden fanatic and metal fanatic i guess more so than us like he was just pretty much only metal like he wouldn't like stuff if it wasn't metal yeah and then i got into i met him to sarah and then it filtered to then you met him to me and then did we go to a gig did we meet pp before the first fall like when did you meet him well, I met him for the UFO gig, but I... Um... That was the first one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Was yeah. it? Okay, right. So, yeah, that was... that's. Are you sure that wasn't the year after? Uh, UFO was 2015. It was April 2015. Oh, shit. And that, yeah, sorry. So, it was a year after I met Sarah that we went to Fulham. Yeah, so a whole year had passed and I got to know PP a bit better and you might have met Sarah by then too from trips to Ireland and stuff. You would have... Yeah, met. so actually... Yeah. So, yeah, so... <clears throat> 2014 was the first time we went to see Sabaton. It was uh, November. It was in, in Dublin, wasn't 
in the academy. Yeah, we yeah. went w- one night. Saxon were playing, yeah. and the following night Sab- Sabaton were playing, which is an unbelievable. That was a deadly bill. Two like, two, two de- weekend bill. Yeah, two yeah. individual gigs. There, there wasn't like a festival or anything, but they were just playing. But um, it was during t- twenty fourteen <laughs> at some point that I started getting into them and actually listening to them. And yeah. I'm assuming it's the Sarah influence or it's the PP influence, true Sarah. Um, because I remember at one point yeah. I was on the bus or the train. Actually, I was going out to Marks. I remember this. He was living in Docky. Yeah. I was listening to Sabaton. I was like, actually, this stuff is pretty good. And you were like, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, because I think I had I'd got pinched him a bit more because I'd had PP in my ear a bit more because I'd seen him a few more times saying, just, you got to listen to this album or this song. And he'd sent stuff on to me. Um, and I think Spotify had risen its head by then, hadn't it? So 2015, we probably would have started paying the monthly contract. Well, um, well I started in 2014, so I'm still oh, yeah. in 2014 now. Um, Sorry, yeah. so we story, would have had yeah. all of a sudden, you know, instantaneous access to all the back catalogue of a band you'd just heard of. And that's it. And, and these are actually, I think, one of the first bands I properly discovered through Spotify, where I didn't yeah. own any yeah. of their physical songs. I'd never seen them live, and I got into them through Spotify. Um, that's a good point, actually, yeah. I, yeah. I still don't own a hard uh, copy of any Sabaton album. That's so, insane. Yeah, You've probably seen them about eight times yeah. or more. You've seen them and more than me. Us, yeah, I've seen a few times in England, and then uh, T-shirt sale, yeah, and I don't own a single CD. That's probably a pivotal point. Good point there of Isn't it? switching from CDs to actually a Spotify discovery. Isn't it funny? I, like, I, I ended up going back and buying a couple of CDs uh, just because they were like two for one in HMB or something. So I yeah. have um, I have uh, Carolus Rex <clears> and I have Primo Victoria, I think, which I never really listened to. Yeah, um, that's one of the early ones. Yeah, it's it's the one before that, know. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, or no, I don't. It's not that one. It's the, it's the one with the red cover. Coat Jesus. of Arms. Coat of Arms. That's the one. Yeah, yeah that's the one I have. Um, I know I know it a bit, but I don't know it that well. But uh, it was like way after I got into them that I bought anything. And I, I think it's a funny point. Like, so there's somebody like you. It is, yeah. Like Spotify is killing the music business, but you've uh, seen, seen a band at least eight times, owned several T-shirts, uh, went to their festival that they run five times. So there's a uh, big markup for them there, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't own a single piece of music. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. Um, that's and it's because yeah, I mean, because in the Spotify era, we you've definitely discussed on the show, and we talked about it in the first time we were I was on. Like, okay, you can listen to a lot of these new Nuovan bands or Watson bands. Yeah. And like they're a new band, so it's fine. I'll listen to one album on Spotify. But yeah, Sabaton are a proper, like, you know, what is it, seven or eight back catalogue, been to loads of gigs annually, but mm. don't own an album for me. <laughs> yeah. But like that that turned into several more bands for you <clears> and <throat> for me, like the types of bands I've gone to in the last few years. And I kind of try and get that point <clears throat> across sometimes when I'm interviewing people who don't really like Spotify. And I've tried to mention a few times that, like, well, I got into you through Spotify. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen you live and I've bought your shit, but um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, because it, it, I mean, because the, the the guests you've had on, like each to their own, and they've made valid points. It's you know their own creative stuff. They they it is worth something they feel for even purchase of an of a song. But if you crack a fan like me, you're gonna get pretty much money off any time you come to a city near me. Exactly, and, yeah. and you obviously. Same here, and I'll buy your fucking hoodie, and I'll buy your T-shirt, and I'll buy a, a patch, yeah. <laughs> everything except the CD. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the whole package, nearly. <laughs> yeah, but I, in fairness, I've got I bought a few vinyl albums and stuff recently. But like yeah. again, like there's still lots of bands that I'd go and see them tomorrow, and I don't know anything about them. And it's it's I think it's a, like yeah. it's a it's a nice it's a positive reflection on Spotify. Um, there's and I think. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say I think it's just this the model now is I like well like if it's tilted more towards an emphasis that you have to tour i mean i like that because live gigs are the best the epitome of liking a band like seeing them live 
So if you have more chance to see them because they know that's the way they can make money the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like, I mean, it's got older bands. I mean, look, if they're all well able to do it and it's not physically, um, you know, too much for them, like it's got older bands like Saxon and stuff out touring like mad bastards. Because we, we, when we made the decision, like we've got to, we've got to get, kick ourselves up the ass and go to more gigs again. But I don't think we would have had the opportunities we had since 2013, like the decade before, because they didn't tour as much. No, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they did. Like, I, I, I'm i going to mention later on, I randomly happened to see Saxon three times within one year in 2016 yeah. without even trying to. <laughs> they're just, again. They're just everywhere. And I was like, oh, I, all right. yeah. I, I might so as well what, go. Like 70, 71 year old, like torn like a maniac. Yeah. And like, so I saw like the battering ram and I think you would have seen it three times as well. Because I think yeah. you saw it in <clears> Manchester or something. I saw that like tour three yeah. times. And as I said, without even really trying to. And they, they, they certainly weren't doing the same number of dates uh I'd say ten years ago, as they yeah, are. I don't now. think so. Yeah, it's that resurgence of like that era of metal, and yeah, they obviously that's the income now. How they make it, look, the yeah. sales and the t-shirt sales. Yeah. Anyway, so it was mm. it was for something that um around tw- late twenty fourteen, early twenty fifteen, I ended up uh, buying some tickets for some gigs. It could have been, yeah, it could have been Saxon and Sabaton actually, and then you ended up owning because you told, yeah, you got me a ticket, didn't you? You were the you were the instigator of getting that gig anyway, because you were yeah. like, they're playing here. I was like, deadly, I'll come over for the weekend. And Sarah came, didn't she? She did, yeah. Yeah, my first time meeting her, actually. Um, yeah. So you ended up owing me money, and I remember you texted me one day, and you're like... I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> this friendship no. is over. <laughs> you owed me money. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were going to break my legs. <laughs> <laughs> no, you made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Oh, no, like, Paul Newman's going to have my legs broke. <laughs> Paul Newman? Ah, uh, the Simpsons cut. Oh, sorry. Josh, you said you get that one. Sorry. <laughs> Fucking hell. I think I need to go back and, and watch the old Simpsons again. I think as the years go by, the, the old knowledge of those references is just slipping away from me. Well, I, to I anyone it. out there who's listening who gets that, right into a trainer here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, some of the classics I still remember, but like some of them, people say something, I'm like, huh? You're the opposite yeah. of me then, because I'm getting terrible in memory in another way, where you remind me of loads of things, but quotes, I kind of still remember. Yeah, you know, you're always good for the Simpsons quotes. Um, that's your one of your specialties. Um, so anyway, Paul Newman, yes. Uh, where but was yeah, it? I owed you money. So then you reminded me of this recently, and then it came back to me that, yeah, I, I thought of a resolution where money wouldn't have to exchange hands and it would also coerce you into... Uh, <laughs> a little gig in Sweden which would selfishly give me a more guilty pleasure of having a good mate with me yeah so you're like I could give you the money or mm-hmm. uh, behind door number two <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, for the exact same price you can get <laughs> <laughs> a ticket to uh, what, which was I think it was the first year calling a Sabaton open air but they were also still using it was the rocks still, yeah, was, the rocks had fallen oh you have your t-shirt on you there <clears throat> good stuff uh, the Rocks That Fallen name as well. Uh, so they find. Th- Sorry. Yeah, I think wasn't. I think this was the last time this the Rocks That appeared on any of this the festival T-shirts, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's a bloody yeah. shame as well. I know. I they, like they're it. really nice. And like I've seen older ones from previous festivals, just from looking at people in the crowd, and like yeah. they're all really nice T-shirts. It's a shame they don't do them anymore. But um, yeah. So you and, like, so, you- and just on that as well, in Sabaton on the back of this, like they used to always. Uh, um, was it Pride or without a hint of Pride? Or, no, that's not the right word. But anyway, they put them at the bottom of the lineup with small print, even yeah. though they were technically one of the headliners. Fal- I think, false modesty. Yeah, modesty. That's all. <laughs> but I think now they're they're obviously the whole t-shirt, isn't it? Yeah. So they yeah. used to put themselves. They'd put like the top two or three next down the bill, 
headliners in big lettering on the top and they yeah. put themselves down the bottom on the smallest lettering. You're like, come on now, get out yeah, of here. Like, <laughs> we, we know what's going on here. In, in the same breath, they're changing the name of the festival to their name, but yeah, they're putting just, themselves it, down the bottom of the t-shirt. <laughs> but on the front, it'll just be a, a picture of Joachim's skull. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, so you were like, you could get, I could get you a ticket for this festival over in Sweden. And I thought about it for a bit and I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Um, so uh, we made plans. And it was... And that, that was, well, even for me, like that was, we'd never done, it was another step because we'd, we'd gotten used to now the last few years of, or only two years probably of saying, let's go to some foreign gigs. But it was mainly just England, I guess, in Ireland or somewhere that wasn't Dublin in Ireland. But we've never, we hadn't been to a festival outside of the UK or no. like download. So no, I'd never been big to step. a, yeah, I'd never been to a gig in any other country mm. other than Ireland or, the, or somewhere in the in the UK. Um, and I'd, um, or I got, the one gig in Argentina because I was there just by default but um this oh, yeah. the, the, it was a bit we thought about this festival too it was like five days like it was three four days of potential music but it was like a five-day trip we were like you know festivals normally were at were two days third day you're going home kind of so we're like oh that's a lot of drinking <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um so I said fuck it yeah let's go and that was it was in mid-August in or kind of third week in August in a no, it's always mid. It's like mid uh, around the fourteenth and every whatever weekend falls around then. It is, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, so it was mid August, twenty fifteen. Uh, Grace didn't really want to go at the time. That's my was my girlfriend at the time. Um, so I said, "Fuck it, I'll go solo." And um, I uh, I ended up calculating that it would probably be better for me to actually arrive the night before. Uh, for some reason, it seemed cheaper or something to fly out of yeah, night I mean. It was it was always mad logistics. That's the first time we were going. It's like, all right, there's going to be logistics here of how the hell do we get there as well? Because it's like, firstly, Fallen is yeah, two hours north of Stockholm by train. It's a, I guess it's not. It's a town, not a small town, but it's a town. It's I would say, I'd say the size of Dunleary, maybe. Yeah, yeah for Irish listeners there. <laughs> so twenty. Let's just hazard a guess of maybe twenty thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that it'd be like covered in snow for five months in winter. But um, again. We were pretty naive in Swedish summers, and until then, we thought oh, it must be worse than like Ireland's because it's further north. But we soon found out they can get amazing summers. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first year certainly was. Anyway, um, so yeah, I I did this combination of flights. I was like, there was no direct flight from Dublin to mm. Sweden uh, with Ryanair at the time. There was with, and I don't think with Aer Lingus either. There was with Scandinavian SAS, Airlines, Airlines. Yeah. yeah, SAS. But I wasn't willing to pay how much it was because I, I yeah, always quite, more. Yeah, I left it quite last minute as well. So I did this uh, trickery where I went Dublin to Stansted and then Stansted to Vasteras, which is in Stockholm. Oh, yeah. It's the shitty one in Stockholm. I think Um, it was... Yeah, I think you were sending me a photo from Stansted, weren't you? Having a beer. I was from the Weatherspoons in Stansted, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which we all later went to another time. Yeah, from Aiden. The Gothenburg, yeah. Um, Yeah. But... um, yeah, so I, I I I assume it was because of that trickery that I had to I decided I'd go the day earlier or something. So um, anyway, that went without a hitch. Actually, my yeah. flight transfers and everything were fine, and uh, I was able to get there easily. And then I went and stayed in a a prison, yeah. <laughs> a converted old prison, which you and Sarah had stayed in before. Yeah, we we'd stay there a few months prior because Sarah started a university uh, degree teaching course and from distance, but her university was in Fulham. So I'd been up there just for a weekend when she was doing introductory shife and um, we stayed there. But it was, yeah, I thought it was deadly. Like, it's like this proper, just old prison that you're staying in a cell. Yeah, and like mm. the beds don't don't seem too much like, 
they don't seem to have improved too much as well. So oh, yeah. prison based, like, <laughs> like it looks like, like they're going for the authentic prison experience. Yeah, um, like a proper. If you were lying awake at night, you'd be probably thinking you're hearing things in the distance. Like, yeah. So so yeah. I arrived there into the prison anyway. Falu Fangal Gels, uh, Falu Fangal. So I'm probably butchering that there, but uh, Falu I think okay. is. Is Fallu was probably from Fallen, but Fangels is the word for prison. Is that it? Or the other way around? No, no idea. Okay. <laughs> My Swedish hasn't got that word yet. One of them is just a word for prison anyway, as far as I remember from looking it up. But um, huh? so I arrived up in this prison. Uh, th- like the mattress was all right, but like they were really authentic. Like it, you were staying in a prison cell that had been mm. converted into a room. There was bars on the window. There were two bunk beds in the corner and there wasn't much else in it. Yeah. Uh, communal showering facilities but i was only staying there for the first night but uh, it was actually quite interesting just to stay in a place like that like it was a bit weird yeah. being on your own though but um i uh, i met a girl uh not not in that way i just i <laughs> met, met a human woman uh next door who was also staying there and was also going yeah. to uh the sabaton festival and um i was unsure like the, the first year we got there uh, they were doing the pre-party the first night but it was only down in the town in fallen because um, yeah, that's i i've written Again, jogging my memory before this, just taking a few notes. And yeah, I remember like, yeah, you you were like, you made the pre-party night. We came the morning after. We were getting the night train that night yeah. from Malmo in the southern Sweden. Um, But you were, I remember you started texting me around that you were in the hotel saying, I met this girl as in like someone who can just, I can go down to the pre-party with. But I remember it said, I thought it sounded deadly, like just a fucking middle, like few of the pubs were just, or one pub was it just had some live bands up. Yeah, it was the King's Arms, which yeah. we would go on to drink in every probably every year yeah. since then. But um, uh, yeah, so I I I um I was just walking around in the hostel, and your one was pulling in, and she had like maybe she had a T-shirt on her or something, or she had like um gave had signaled in some way to me. I visually. am a fan of metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that she was going to it, so I was like, "Oh, you're going yeah. to the festival?" She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." yeah. She's American. Yeah. yeah, we're going. Yeah, blah blah blah. Uh, we love Sabaton, and I was like, "Oh, great." Um. And I was Can I like, tag along? Yeah, well, I was like, are you going down to the pre-party later? She's like, yeah, we're yeah. going down, yeah. And then I was like, um, would you mind giving uh, a knock on my door when you're going down? I was just like, fuck it. That's going to be friendly festival type. Get it out there. And she kind of went, sure. <laughs> you Irish guys, you're very forthcoming. <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to walk down to this thing on my own. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually my first ever time using Google Maps on the holiday, like properly. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just for directions, like yeah. I, I don't drive, and that I guess was, you're in, yeah, in Dublin, you know. Yeah. And like, I don't even know if people were using Google Maps that much in 2015 for driving. They they more had GPSs yeah. in their cars. Um, <clears throat> so it was my first ever time using it, and like, just from when I got off the train to walking mm. to the hostel, which is only about a 20 minute walk yeah. or 10 minutes, I was walking in the wrong direction different times, and I was like, <laughs> it's a bit, it's hard to find your way around there. I think it, a lot of it looks the same and stuff. The streets. Yeah, and but like Google good, Maps was yeah. showing me where to go and I was going yeah. the wrong way and I was like, oh, oh fuck. Right. You were still messing it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. Um, and then I remember and photographing. You start, you start walking when it's zoomed in, but you realize you're at, your dot's going the wrong way to what you're meant to be walking. What the fuck's uh, going that's on? That's it, yeah. yeah. And I remember photographing street signs. I still have them in my, my Dropbox photos, like photographing yeah. street signs so that I remembered which road I was standing on. <laughs> Big, long <laughs> Swedish words. like Yeah, vangangglask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, so... Then I went down to the town because I had like some time and um, mm. I went to the supermarket and obviously over in Sweden, you can't buy proper beer like in in a supermarket. You can only buy, you uh, explained this actually. So what's yeah. the crack with off licenses in Sweden? Well, you nabbed me with this just before we went on air, didn't you? Because I was there sipping a cup of tea. I was like, ah, no, I forgot that. Yeah. 
I always forget that the off-license off is closed uh, here during the week at around 7 p.m. It's uh, They're all government-run, so you can't sell beer. I think it's over 3.5% unless you're, one, you're the government off-license. So all the supermarkets basically can only sell 3.5% beer, no spirits or no wine or anything. So like just forgot like you in the uk around there was so used to, you know you can get a beer at any time pretty much up till midnight nearly sometimes if you're near tesco's but um or it's 10 o'clock in ireland 10 in ireland yeah. yeah but it's seven here but the killer the thing in the tails at the weekend on saturday it's two o'clock and on sunday they don't open so like you're screwed unless you plan ahead yeah it's shocking stuff yeah. and, and you had warned me about this beforehand but i've mm. forgotten or something i couldn't find anything stronger than three percent in the, in but, the supermarket yeah. actually and i so i was going up looking at the kind of the very poorly stacked beer shelf in general. And I was pulling stuff off the shelf. It was like Falcon 2%. <laughs> Hydrates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's fucking LucasAid. And then uh, Falcon 2.5. Ooh. <laughs> and I think one, one of them was three maybe, but I don't even know if I could find a three, but definitely, well, definitely no 3.5 because I would have like, I would have been yeah. happy enough with that. But I was like, yeah. Jesus, by the time you'd finished drinking it, you'd be sober again. Like, yeah. what's the fucking point? You just stand up having the piss loads, but no, no tipsy bus. Yeah, and like forget buying spirits or anything like that. Um, yeah. So I bought uh, a six pack or whatever of the strongest beer I think I could find, which was probably three, three. I think, yeah. and brought it back to the, <clears throat> to the um, fucking uh, hostel. And like yeah. you might think, oh, three and four percent, like some beers I drink in Ireland are only four, like Guinness right here in front of me is 4.2. I, I, think, it's a, I think that's just must be the threshold. Like getting to 3, 3.8 is Carlsberg in England. I remember that. That was the yeah. weakest one. But, Same here. Yeah. But like it's see the difference is I think is like if you're drinking something that's three percent and then you're drinking something that's four, that's a thirty three percent more alcohol <laughs> content. Yeah. Like so like it's every huge. four cans is three only three of the stronger one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like yeah. um anyway, uh I just I was kind of disappointed with that, but I brought a few cans of Falcon, I think, back to the to the hostel and, and drank a mm. few of those. And I was just sitting there like a spare dick waiting for this knock on my door. And I didn't know if your one was in her dorm if she'd gone and then i convinced myself that she'd gone and uh that she thought i was a weirdo and i why was i trying to ask these people to go down to the thing with me so um i walked out to go down on my own and as i walked out i heard noise from her room i was like oh she's not gone so then i went to walk back into the room and as i was walking back into the room she was leaving with her friend she's like oh hey i was just gonna knock on your door are you going down i was like uh, uh, uh yeah <laughs> give me one sec to go in and get what i was fictionally getting. So, yeah so i had to do a fake go back into the room and, uh, <laughs> spend a moment around <laughs> yeah, doing some, nothing um but it was just a ridiculous timing but uh we walked down anyway and went to um, went down to the pre-show and mm. I don't know for some reason I didn't really feel safe down there but I think it was probably because I was on my own. Um, it's a new new place and yeah you don't know it. Yeah. yeah and it was the first time traveling <clears throat> abroad properly on my own uh, yeah. as in like spending a night somewhere on my own. I mean I traveled to Prague before to meet a lot of you yeah. um, one time but I met everybody when I got there whereas there, I was spending a night on my own in a different city for the first time in my life. Um, but I, sh- I needn't have been worried because Sweden is one of the fucking places I felt safest in my entire life, especially Fallen. Like, it's a very, very safe but, place. But I think maybe later on we'll, it'll get a bigger mention, but I think it ended up after years of experiencing the festival being the epitome of what we were saying before of um, how, like, a group of hardcore heavy metal fans sitting around a can, or cars tailgating or whatever, big bastards with long greasy hair and patch jackets can look so intimidating but then you realize when you're going to those festivals they're the friendliest bunch of people ever like 
Oh, hey, you're on your own. Come over here. Have yeah, some, I know. Have some moonshine. Yeah, they're <laughs> fucking teddy bears. Like they're the most yeah. welcoming and friendly people ever. Yeah, I know. But I, I just didn't know that back then, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, were so, still learning. Yeah, so I was kind of <clears throat> skulking around in the shadows of the king's arms, and I had a couple of beers, and um, I um, I, I tried to get cash back at the bar. I remember and. I asked for a certain amount of cashback, and oh, because you have to learn the krona too, I guess the currency. Yeah, yeah. and uh, whatever amount I was asking for, afterwards I realised it was about five thousand euro. <laughs> <laughs> Denied. <laughs> and your one at the bar was just looking at me, no, going, no, you can't get that much. And then I was like, I divided it by ten. I was like five hundred. She's like, no, you can't. I can't give you that much. I was like, all right then, whatever. Just what can you give me? And I think she gave me about the equivalent of two hundred euro. But like, even that yeah. was way too much cash yeah. to be having on your look. But it was just one of those things. Like, well, hold you're on, like, yeah. what do you mean you're not in the euro? Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Not twenty fifteen. Yeah, and it's weird being somewhere in Europe when they're not in the euro because it it's is, like yeah. you just be, if you've come to expect it now, like. Yeah, and I've gotten so used to now, like, so, oh, yeah, it's got to divide by 10 on average. <laughs> so, like, yeah. everything's by 10. <laughs> and then I think I find just after day one, I just forget about the conversion and I just spend freely and I don't give a fuck. And you just it. hope you're, you always just, you don't look at your balance again until the end and go, I still have money somehow because the machine's giving me some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to the King's Arms um, and then I, after a while, it was like, oh, I think I'll go home. So I ended up walking. So home. who was, was that, am I wrong? And you were, t- wasn't that? That opening night, though, had some Sabaton members playing in a cover band, wasn't it? No? I or Civil War members? No. I don't remember that now, but I do remember there was a cover band, but I don't know who was in it exactly. Um, or was that the was, later years, that Brother in Arms? Like, you know, the Civil War lads, they kind of, a few of them were in some bands. Later years, they did have members of Sabaton in cover yeah. bands, yeah, but this was a very low-key thing. Like, it was a few <clears> people <throat> in, a, in a pub. Yeah. Uh, and there was a band and they played Wasted Years which I remember was the highlight um, and everyone went mental for that but yeah. I think after that I was like right I've had enough of this so I ended up walking home but um, then uh, the next day after a, I think an eight hour overnight train uh, you, TP, Sarah and PP's friend Peter arrived it was Peter yeah uh, Sam Peter which I met years later in Copenhagen but um, yeah the night train well on it too much but basically uh, it fucked us up before the festival even started <laughs> <laughs> so I remember staying in PP lived in Malmo uh, me and Sarah lived in Liverpool in the UK so we'd flown over I think like a couple of days before Sarah's parents lived about an hour away from Malmo so we came into Malmo the night before to crash in PP's couch and get the night train at about I don't know let's guess like one in the morning no probably about 10 in the evening but like we, I, me and Sarah were thinking, ah, oh, grand, we'll get, you know, be chilled, get a good kip on the train, get there fresh. Of course, we forgot like a few PPS. And uh, so I think, uh, yeah, as soon as we landed in the apartment, it was just a can thrown in your hands and uh, it began from there. And then I think pretty much no sleep later, uh, we would have arrived in fall on about maybe like nine in the morning, 10 in the morning or something. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. And like by then we were like just or texting you, right? We're uh, going to find this hotel. But I just remember thinking on a deadly buzz, like festival started, but also thinking, shit, I probably should have got some sleep. <laughs> yeah, you've been up for over 24 hours at that point. Like. <laughs> but my, so we, we touched on it earlier, but my first exposure to PP was um, meeting him. We were ah, going yeah. to go to a UFO gig in, yeah. in Manchester. And yeah. uh, I was on my way over to your place over in Liverpool, where you were living at the time. And mm-hmm. Sarah, Sarah was texting me going, Drainer, they're still up. 
<laughs> they, haven't, yeah. they haven't been to bed. Just warning you. And yeah. I was like, this is like 9 a.m. I was like, okay. <laughs> I remember that. Because uh, there was a, that met, the met, there was a metal bar just down the road from us in Liverpool, a real just old dingy bar, but it like had a jukebox of just all metal song. This one. Yeah. Like we, I hadn't known it for a few years and found it. And any time you came over, then we'd like always tried to get a few points in there. They had Troop Rail on top, a great little dingy bar. But anyway, uh, PP uh, landed for the UFO gig like early on, and we I still think or no, we still hadn't slept from the Saturday night. But then we went to the Swan as soon as it opened. It started having, and there was no one else in it. Just went to the jukebox and started on the true for ale, and then I think you landed a few hours later. <laughs> but you can explain what you found. But... Yeah, so I, I got into the apartment, and um, it was like two p.m. or three p.m. I think it was only about two p.m. when I got there, and um. You, you were back in the apartment at this point, and uh, I think you were awake, and PP was awake as well. But I don't know. You weren't. You weren't there when I got there. You were in another room or something. <laughs> and uh, PP handed me a bottle of, like I said, hello. He's like, hi. That's <laughs> the first time you'd met him, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, handed me a bottle of Jack Daniels at two p.m. and a bottle of Coke, and he's like, you have Memory whiskey. <laughs> he's like, you have whiskey. You have Coke. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> what an intro <laughs> Lemmy would be proud <laughs> and I, I was like alright nice to meet you um, <laughs> and then I was like I poured myself a Jack Hines and Coke at fucking 2pm in the afternoon I was like what the fuck am I doing yeah. uh, <laughs> and we spare mind we still had to like get logistically to Manchester for the gig and we were oh, in yeah. Liverpool it wasn't like a gig that was nearby <laughs> that's it and then you were kind of like I haven't slept in a day kind of uh, uh, that type of brain Level of brain dead, yeah. I'm going to say. It's <laughs> <laughs> an accurate description. <laughs> there were like there were bits in... So we, we eventually... PP passed out, by the way, it's worth noting. He passed that's, out on the floor. And we'll get to it later. He uh, That scene became a funny moment in uh, the next year's Fallen. <laughs> so he passed out on the floor, yeah. face down. Uh, no, spe- fe- no oh, face, face up, up in sorry. the cross, the like, passion of the Christ, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ position. It was hilarious. The Jesus Christ pose, yeah, his face to the side. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, I should have remembered that. Um, and he didn't make it to the gig, we just left no, him. No, we tried to wake him, he's like, just nothing, dead man. So we ran to the train then, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we were in, we decided to get a bit of food beforehand, and during while we were getting a burger, you were like, what were you doing in Manchester again? Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember this, even though... I, at the time, couldn't remember five seconds past this. <laughs> I, I remember like, the moments from my memories back, like, yeah, just yeah. not knowing where what we were doing. Me and Sarah were like, we're going to UFO. You're like, all right, grand. You're like, and where, where what are we doing in Manchester? I was like, we're going to see UFO. <laughs> it was like I was calmly trying to bluff that I was okay. But, <laughs> like but, you knew we were in Manchester, but yeah. it's about all you knew. I think. <laughs> Things seemed to be going well. But, uh, I trusted you. <laughs> so we got in anyway. It was like a theater in in Manchester. Actually, we're backtracking it was, here, but fuck it. No, but yeah, the gig. I love that venue. It was right by Oxford Road Station. I can't bloody remember the name now. Check it while you can talk away. But it was Is a it? lovely venue, about two thousand people. It had a balcony, upper balcony, which wasn't ticketed. So any gig you're at, you could just walk up, and if you got space, you could see past anyone. Yeah, you have it, like which I love. Yeah, and that's actually like, where we sat. So we went upstairs yeah. to the upper balcony. So you and Sarah sat down um, in seats. And I'd say within about three songs, you were both asleep. Um, yeah. yeah and and I was, Sarah, that was inevitable, though. That was going to happen. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck this. So I, I went up to the bar and got two double Jack Daniels and Coke. <laughs> and I, I was like, I'm not even drunk here. And um, I was watching UFO. They were pretty good. Like, But it was a kind of a... Yeah. Like, the audience was kind of stoic or something. They just they weren't really like, yeah, like into it. 
Yeah, because I wouldn't mind because we were really in, into UFO at the time. Like we got the ticket, we were really looking forward to seeing them a proper old legend legacy band that we had never seen. And we, you know, brilliant songs. Maiden came into the, their their opening set came uh, with Doctor Doctor, which is one of their songs. Yeah. So we were really up for it. <laughs> then I fell asleep. Yeah, and then Sarah yeah. fell asleep beside you on your shoulder. Yeah. So I got a couple of double Jack Daniels and Coke, and then I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. By by five or six songs into the show, all three of us were asleep, three sitting beside each other in three different seats. And um, I remember it kind of. We all woke up as everyone was leaving after the encore was finished, and some guy was like, "You enjoy the show, lads?" <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, but we didn't even get to see Doctor Doctor or any of the the proper famous songs. Um, yeah, because we yeah, past them. <laughs> I, I think another part of it for me though was was. Um, pretty much all the people up in that balcony area were like 60 year old men. So like, even when like their famous song came on, like yeah. I think I remember the song lights out came on. It was like lights out, lights yeah. out in London. And I was like, yeah, getting into it. This is good. And there was yeah. barely a fucking, a nod of the head between any of them. Like I was like, I, Jesus, what are we at? It was, it was like, um, like we found with Maiden when we started redis- like discovering them and going to gigs, it always had the mix of those type, but the young as well, like our age or whatever. But they seemed, that crowd seemed to just be the old crowd who were just yes. sitting there, not even nodding their heads, really just arms folded. And that's actually quiet. it. And you're, yeah. you're actually spot on there. Like, that's what it was. There, was. there were no younger people. They hadn't picked up a lot of younger people along the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the place was just full of kind of 60 and 70, I'll even say. 60 and mm. 70 year old. Metro. Your man, Phil Mogg, must have been about 70, the singer. By that point, yeah. anyway, so it's it's feasible that there could have been seventy-year-old men in the audience, and it was just kind of like, ugh. Uh, <laughs> but a, just a quick shout out though, because uh, after that, I remember we came away just thinking, oh, like obviously great music, but a bit bit boring. I wonder they mustn't be that int- much. They mustn't be like an interesting band story-wise. But then wasn't it only a few months ago you read that article about was it the bassist who was billing uh, like twenty grand of coke a month under uh, medical expenses? Oh yeah. Pete Way, yeah, he died yeah. there recently. Yeah, yeah he's actually passed away. But sure, like he was a rock star till the end, based on anything I've read since now. Yeah. Um, same, same with like your man Rick Parfit from um, Status Quo. He seemed to be a rock star till the end as well. Like stuff yeah. that's come out recently, still doing coke, like still doing everything, still drinking, still going at it at seventy. Like apparently Pete Way was the same. But yeah, yeah. billing billing it to uh, for medical expenses. Medical yeah. expenses. I just thought, remember that reading that article? That's bloody brilliant. Twenty yeah. grand a month or something like it's more Genius. than like Sabbath or two. Hang on. Did you find the name of that? Was it the Olympic Ballroom or something? Yeah, the Ritz. The Ritz. Ritz. Great venue. Uh, Seen a good few bands there since. Yeah. Lovely size. It was like I'd had it akin to the Olympia in Dublin. That sort of vibe. I love venues that size. Good stuff. Okay. Um, Sure, we'll go back to the Sabaton story now, I suppose. Just a little detour there. uh, So that was, yeah, the point of that was you met PP. um, and then I think the next time you meet him is is Fallen, isn't it? The first one. Yeah, so I met him yeah. again at Fallen. You had all been up the entire night again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a team developing here. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I remember PP had a special a special thing called a special mix, which did the trick sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a strong coffee. <laughs> yeah, very strong coffee. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so we all actually then, I got the hell out of that prison, which was actually grand. And I think I stayed in it one time again since, just for one night. But um, but uh, we got out of the prison and we went to uh, the first Grand Hotel, which is where we stayed the first year, which was actually not a bad bad. It was, out. yeah, I it, when I was going through the old set list and just researching it the other day and thinking of that hotel, it was, I thought it was great. And I'd like, 
it's really did the trick. And then um, I just love like we had just the, just the little outdoor bit. I remember just have fond memories of like the can. The, the weather was amazing. Like a can and a smoke in the pre-drinking bit. And then we go back into the room, listen to some tunes. Yeah, I have some yeah. great photos of that day. I was just looking through them today just to kind of jog my memory. Um, but uh, yeah, so we kind of, we went down to the gig and uh, I know you had all the, the set lists and all up there in front of you. Do you, do you, do you have them up there in front yeah. of you? Um, not the set list, sorry, just the list or of just, who was playing. Because my memory like, of who actually we watched on the first day yeah. and the second day in the first year is kind of very... Um, well, this, so was mine. That's why I went through it. So I got them all in set list. Like I knew the key ones, but I just, you know, it jogged my memory seeing the whole set list. So what I did was I took down who I was sure we saw, but I didn't bother writing any others because I know we just didn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But I think it's worth saying as well, though, uh, this was the start just before the fest, a couple of the summer months before the festival, wasn't it? It was the start of the legacy of PP's playlist. <clears throat> oh, yes. Yeah. I'll let so you explain P- that one. Yeah. PP was fond of, uh, I think that's, he was influential, like we said about me getting more into Sabaton before trainer here. And that was because PP used to make loads of playlists. He loved making a playlist if it was to a friend who we could get into the music. So he made a load on Sabaton. But then um, he, he made this playlist then for the festival. Uh, what, uh, a playlist for each day so day one two and three <clears throat> and he sent them on to we set up like a whatsapp group of all of us going and he sent it to us but it was brilliant because i did we i think he was well we didn't really know much of the bands they were all this sort of new style of power metal stuff that we're only really touching base with now so we knew sabaton and uh so it was great because you would just binge for about two months he'd give it to you in about may or june say the festival's august and you'd really get in by the end you've got two months of we'd have a list of well we want to see that band that band don't really care about that band they're not our style and it was great you fizzled out like a schedule for the day out of it yeah um yeah. i remember doing up a spreadsheet for the first year uh, yeah. with all the bands that i wanted to see highlighted and i sent it on to you and like i remember being at work at the time going i'd like to see all these bands and you had a lot of crossover you're like oh yeah i want to see those bands as well yeah, yeah. but um, i remember he used to base the playlists on what bands were playing at festivals in the summer so he made it around june july yeah. or Ju- june maybe i'd say um once the f- kind of festival set let's started coming out so that was always yeah, such a handy tool forgot about that actually yeah so you it was a pretty high chance you're going to hear that actual song like or the songs he selected like yeah, yeah exactly and uh, then he broke it down into day one day two and day three so you could really focus on what you were going to watch each day um so yeah, we picked out our bands. I remember one band we definitely missed, which I really regret. It's Glory Hammer. We didn't yep. go down early I, enough to I watch them. Wrote them. I wrote them down just because we know them, but I knew we missed them and I was amazed. I was like, fuck, I forgot they played the first year because we you know, saw them a few years later. Then. Do you yeah. know what's even more annoying is that they were one of the bands I enjoyed most out of the first day set list, uh, uh, playlist that PP made. But I think the, the, the lore of the hotel it was, um, yeah. was strong. It was strong. It they was, just want to stay there drinking. She, like. she was a temptress. temptress. <laughs> yeah. So it like, was, it was yeah. me, you, PP, Sarah and Peter just sitting around drinking whiskey at that point. Yeah. We'd, we'd had a few beers, playing music on speakers. And it was like, it's the equivalent of being in the campsite at the festival. You're like, oh, I mean, we could we could wait another <clears> half <throat> hour and go down then. And we just kept waiting another half hour, another half hour. And all of a sudden, like, Glory Hammer were, <clears throat> Hammer were finished. Like, yeah, and I think <clears throat> from my, in my thinking back to this now like this but i won't diss it because that exact experience of the preaching is one of the things i would miss the most of this poxy year of corona like just it was it was like 28 degrees we were just listening to tunes there was a buzz because everyone in the hotel was going to the festival you'd be sharing a smoke with someone outside chanting them and it was just having that can getting tips throughout the day and as you said hitting some whiskey 
and you just fall into that lure. Yeah, you stay like two hours later than you had, and you're like, ah, we don't really need to see the band at six, do we? Yeah, <laughs> and then you just start like ruthlessly crossing off bands <laughs> you want to see. You're like, uh, Metallica? No, I don't need to see them. Ah, yeah. Probably need to get there for Maiden. But... The, the Beatles? Nah, fuck, ah, fuck that. <laughs> Can listen to them on the speaker. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. grand. But um, and I think yeah, the thing was though is that the walk up was about twenty five minutes. It we were. It was a fair walk. It was grand, yeah. like in the sun with a camera. It wasn't like you could just nip there in five minutes and you're there. So we were like, yeah. ah, well, yeah. And that we was actually, we went up, you were up for the day. Walk that was the furthest back. hotel we ever stayed in, furthest <clears> away <throat> hotel yeah. we ever stayed in. Because the next year, I think we stayed in the Clarion, which was a bit closer. Maybe. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of that, but I knew, yeah, it was closer. And then the, the, I ended up staying in the Scandic years later, which was right there on the doorstep. That was a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have written down here, it's Scandic, never look back. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd written something like, written something like that as well. Trainer yeah. gets a Scandic, we get cancelled. New, uh, <laughs> new experience. All right. We're still, we're still on year one here, though. Yeah, I have so a funny right. feeling this is going to be a two-parter. But anyway. It could be, yeah. I'll let uh, you can direct when the... Uh, if it needs to stop. But anyway, no, right, I'm so sorry. The, I meant two parts. Was in. I'll split it into two parts. Oh yeah. Uh, so we yeah keep going. Cool. Um, or whatever, um, so, whatever you're good with. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm easy. I'm here for the night. So uh, yeah. So what I've written down. Right, so fr- Friday, um, Civil War. Over there. Oh fuck yeah! And, Civil War. And were they we, the we final had, band on that night. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'll tell you who were. What? Orphan Gypsy. Free ah, CD. Ah, <clears throat> that was the free wow. CD uh, EP for song thing. Okay. And remember, we were, we were really uh, felt bad for them because we thought we did. They were one of the bands that shown out in the playlist. We thought we both liked the melodic metal, really good. They were from Fallen, I think. They were. So they are. Yeah. So so were Sabaton so and Civil so, War. Yes, though, yeah. Yeah. But like, but they pulled the crowd. So so what happened was Orphan Gypsy came to get the slot, which we then came to realize is sort of the cursed slot. It's the twelve to two a.m. Uh, slot. So each night it's really good. I think it goes on to two a.m., which you don't get in. I don't think you get in like Irish festivals. No, you don't. don't. Jesus, they finish no. at eleven. Last band eleven, isn't it? Lights out. So it goes on to two, which is great because the bar's open. So you're, you know, you don't want it to end. But normally it's like the second headline act. So a big name will get it. So Orphan Gypsy, they're not massive, obviously, to anyone listening. But that day there wasn't loads of big scalps, so they were decent under a home crowd. But what happens is after the midnight, about half the crowd always legs at home, like. So if you're left with it, it does look like there's a big stage and there's not many people, so you feel bad for the band. Yeah. So that yeah. So I, I think like the, the real headliner is the one that goes on second last. And then yeah. they put on a kind yeah. of it's like a, almost like an encore band or something yeah. like that. But they're usually a good band. It's just yeah. that they who was the actual headliner the first night then? So Civil War. Oh, they were the final band, were they? They were like the ten to twelve, so that, yeah. Oh right, okay. And we that we should mention actually we we'd gotten into them that year and we thought they were nearly better than Savon because they actually or they ended up when Sabaton split. They didn't split. They mutually agreed that for, I think, all the musicians bar Joachim, wasn't it? Just didn't, couldn't handle the touring anymore because of family and stuff. Four of them out of the five split. Four, yeah, so around, yeah. after they released Carolus Rex, four out of the five of yeah. Sabaton left <clears throat> and joined up with Nils Patrick Johansson and uh, created the new band called Civil War, who also write their songs about history and war, um, yeah. which was kind of a bit of a copycat move. But also when you've got four to five of Sabaton, that's fair enough, really. You've got 80% of the band. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Civil for anyone listening who's never listened to them, Civil War, are, I think, are one of the best, if not the mm. best, power metal band I've ever listened to. Yeah. Um, just maybe fucking fantastic. Maybe there's a song, if you're going to play one at the end of any of these episodes, a Civil War one, because... Uh, they, they yeah. were like we got into them they were basically like the the musician we loved the like let's be, probably that it works with sabaton but the weak point you'd say is probably it 
Joachim isn't a great singer. Like he can't, he's not like a technically gifted singer, but it works and he, you know, makes a great band out of his style. But but the music was like, I loved the guitar in their early, early albums. So I knew this new band is those musicians. And Niels Patrick Johansson, we got to find out, is a brilliant singer when he's on his game. Like he's proper high pitched, reaches the notes. Oh my God. Like that yeah. gig with them playing, like I know we saw them again, but they had a new singer by then. But like that stands out vividly in my mind as just an mm. absolutely fantastic performance and we've gotten really into them as you say like there were songs like bay of pigs um bay of i remember pigs, fucking um rome is falling rome is falling still, and still hair in the back of the necks when you're oh my god I, I, the king of the sun jesus yeah. christ uh just really really good just if anyone and, and the thing again, with them if yeah if anyone listens wants to get in like they it's two albums they just have two like it's not a bad catalog that's that daunting well there was two, three actually three albums three. but the first two i think are just you know, ball out of the park. Then the third one is really good, but doesn't get as much listens. Fair, yeah, fair, fair yeah. analysis. Um, but yeah, they were fantastic. And then we <laughs> saw Orphan Gypsy. Yeah, pretty much a tiny band, really, from Fallen. Yeah. But they had at least one excellent and, album that was available on Spotify. And what happened with them? There wasn't it. it was there. It was there. Uh, they were retiring, so they uh, they advertised us like this is our farewell gig. So we kind of another factor of feeling bad for them was when everyone like about half the crowd left after 12 and they were given out a free EP of like four songs which I still have so where are they retiring I remember PP saying something well I don't know if they have I mean I've never researched after but I think that's what I heard I think people used to say that about everybody though (laughs) he said it about (laughs) he said it about Storyteller as well I remember like oh they never play live anymore I remember he said about Orphan Gypsy and I'm pretty sure I looked them up afterwards and they played gigs since then okay Uh, it could have been, I guess, yeah, and bands do say shit, don't they? They're like, just... oh, wait, we missed actual touring. We're not, we're back. Check it out. Uh, yeah, because I never checked it. That's what I had in my head. But they were the 12 to 2 a.m. slot. And another, no, and guess I, who else was there going? I stand corrected. They've never played a gig since then, according to oh. Setlist FM. Right, um, but Setlist FM only songs. has them playing three gigs ever. So that's not necessarily the most reliable because... Sabaton Open Air obviously would have been one of their most prominent gigs. So if any of them are going to be there, it'd be that. So uh, is that not? Um, I thought yeah, Setlist FM. Okay, I thought that it only has three show. shows written down yeah. for like ever, and one of them is that Sabaton Open Air in two thousand and twelve. So um, okay. I don't know. Anyway, I've got, okay. I've got but here's uh, just to finish up the, ter- the Friday uh, bonus uh, bonus special, very special guest, which will be an an- a funny anecdote later on. Uh, Snowy Shaw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was playing on the Friday. Oh, in fact, yeah. it was a, I've got, I've just got up the whole list rather when I scribbled down there online, but there was a fair few. Like there was Creator were that day who I didn't really I wasn't into in the playlist because they growl a lot, but they were good music for you. Do you know what? Like I've listened to them a I think bit. You like them. Yeah, like they I think they're the right side of growling, like they're thrash, they're not really like yeah. heavier than that. Um but like I thought they were pretty okay. Like uh, I, I watched a bit of them, I, I didn't focus on them, but I thought they weren't too bad. Mm. Actually, it's a bit. I'm getting this. It says on the set list if I took it down. It said Orphan Gypsy were on Thursday. Okay. But I definitely, I remember seeing them. So I think it's got it. I think it messes up the lineup sometimes on set list. On Thursday? Why wouldn't we have seen them then if they were on Thursday? Oh, sorry. Sorry. It was, yes. Wednesday's the pre party. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. So fucking Thursday, it was uh, pretty poor. It was Orphan Gypsy were the, the late slots. Or no, sorry, if this is in the right order, it says Orphan Gypsy were the headliner and Cryonic Temple were the late shut slot. Rob, Rob Tier, Rout Tier were Rob before Tier. them. And SNO, there was only four bands on Thursday, the first year we went. I remember Rout Tier, all right, yeah. I remember watching mm. them. Uh, 
So if the order is correct here, the Northern Gypsy weren't the late stop. But that, in my memory, I have it clearing out. So unless people cleared out even after 10. Yeah, so do I, now that you <laughs> said it to me. But uh, fuck it, look, let's not worry about the order. Sure, it could be yeah. way off. It's five years old. But anyway, so that's the Thursday. The Friday was Civil War and Creator. That was a full day lineup. So that was Snowy Shaw at some point. We didn't really know. Because uh, I, th- I could have sworn Swivel War, Civil War win the final spot after Swivel the headliner. War. Yeah, Swivel War. I could have sworn <laughs> they were. So they must have been on after Creator. Yeah. They yeah. were after creator in the headline slot. If this is the correct order, and there's a band called Atrocity after who I can't remember. They must have been the 12 to 2 a.m. slot. Right, yeah. Unless creator. Oh, no, I think creator were the headliner, and then Civil okay, War would have been on after them. That's, that's my Atrocity, memory of it. Then they might have had two bands after. Maybe the, the headline is like your 9 to half 10, and there's a half oh, 10. They to only 12. ever had one band on after. Yeah, well, it's just the order. Does Atrocity are above Civil War? But so I think set list might be. Is it in, is it in alphabetical order? Ah, fuck it is, yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, beauty. Yeah, okay. So these orders are at the door. So yeah, Gorf and Gypsy were the late band last night on the Thursday and Civil War must have been the late band on the Friday. Yeah, that yeah. rings a bell, actually. We stuck yeah. around for them. And we, we were fucking really did, because we were yeah. waiting all day to see them. And I remember yeah. still <clears> really being like really into it when they were on. And they would have re- they would have fit into that kind of role back in 2015 because they were only really yeah. a recent kind of thing. They didn't really have too much tenure or anything like that behind Yeah. Them. Did they only have one or maybe their second album was out by then? Second maybe album might have been just out, I think, yeah. by then. Um, anyway, so yeah, just in general um, about the festival, some other points I wanted to make. Like you're mentioning mm. these big, huge... Well, just on guys. the Saturday, the last bands was Glory Hammer, who we missed, uh, Candlemas, were they going to Oh yeah, I did watch a bit of them, all right, Yeah, Jay. we saw them because uh, Peepy was mad for them uh, and Falconer. Yeah, so that was actually when they had a singer who never recorded an and album Sabaton. with them. Yeah. And Sabaton, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I know I, I was going to go back to the headliners and stuff like that, but uh, oh, yeah, but the, I think the singer was called Mama Matt's Levin, I think. And uh, right. when we eventually saw Candlemas again last year, was it last year? Yeah, uh, they went back to their yeah. original singer Johan Lindquist. Yeah. So we yeah. actually saw them with two different singers at the that festival. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so sorry. Just before we get to like the Sabaton part of the thing and yeah. the headliners and stuff, you mentioned earlier about um like big bearded guys and you know intimidating mm. looking bastards. But I think as we found on like days one and two walking around the festival, these people were like the friendliest people in the world. And um, yes. I have a picture from the first year of a of a guy with a big beard and a big straw hat. And I I could swear I've seen him at the festival every year since. He just has one of those faces. Yeah. Um and like well, I have a, we definitely have, haven't we? Like it's like nearly a religious people are guaranteed are gonna go every year. So you do Oh yeah, this little community and fallen like yeah, cool. like there's definitely a couple who wear motorhead hoodies, and we've definitely yeah. spoken to them the last few years. And the guy is a big, huge, bald, beardy guy, and the wife yeah, has like really broken English. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't Peepy? I think knows them or something. Oh, it probably or, does. Yeah, yeah, one of them, yeah. But yeah, they're always such nice and welcoming people, inviting you over to their like yeah, like their their car over. and tent and giving you moonshine or just spirits and smokes and yeah, have a seat. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else did I want to say? Oh yeah, so around that um, that like the first second day, yeah, uh, I was wearing my sister's uh the hoodie from my sister's bar, which was Dave's oh, bar yeah. in San Francisco, yeah. and uh, the bar actually closed down in like um twenty. I don't know if it closed in twenty fifteen, but I was there in twenty fourteen, and it closed down. I think maybe the end of twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen sometime or something, and um. I was wearing this hoodie from Dave's Bar so it's just a black hoodie and it said Dave's Bar on the front in the little in a corner yes, and, then it said, yeah. and I had a little design a drawing on the back and Peepy was like I love your hoodie <laughs> <laughs> it is I really like your, your hoodie uh, 
how much do you want for it? <laughs> <laughs> and like, a choice this, just offered to buy your hoodie. This is a guy who's only ever in an Iron Maiden t-shirt and maybe a hoodie of a band, but like, he's like, I'll give you any Iron Maiden t-shirt I, I've ever got that you want. And so like, he has an Iron Maiden t-shirt from every gig that he's been to, which was yeah. nearly 50 at that point. And I was like, PP, I don't want any of your Iron Maiden t-shirts. Like they're, like they're personal. Yeah. yeah. He's like, any Iron Maiden t-shirt plus 50 euro. <laughs> 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 and I was like, it's not even that good a hoodie. It's just a black hoodie. But he just loved it. And I was like, look, this has, um, you know, personal kind of meaning to me. Like, you know, it's, I, it's my sister's I, bar. Can't like, uh, yeah. what do you want? Sentimental value. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I was like, I can't give it away. I don't care how much you offer me. Uh, and he's like, a hundred euro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never did sell him the hoodie. Yeah. You never got that. You'll have to go to San Fran and, well, actually, it's, yeah, it's down there. They should keep selling merchandise in the new place. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know if they ever got their own T-shirts or hoodies, but then it was a nice hoodie. I still have it, but like, it's not uh, the nicest hoodie in the world. Yeah. He just, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's hilarious. He just, he just wanted it. He just locked eyes on it and that was yeah. the end of it. But um, and one other thing I thought was quite funny, I was looking through my photos there today and I can't remember which band it was, but it was during one of the daytime slots and they were one of the heaviest bands on the bill. I would say they were like extreme yeah. death metal nearly, like with the sound. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's worth mentioning. It has a f- mental range of music. Like it's got oh yeah, some extreme metal, but then para metal, probably not much of New Album or New Autumn. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got your like... Well, classic, very melodic bands and stuff. Like classic rock, bit of yeah. new wave, British heavy yeah. metal, power metal. Just hard rock with the likes of Udo Dirk Schneider and whatever. Well, it depends Dirk what you Schneider, want to yeah, yeah. classify that as. But um, was that um, heavy band? Was it Orden Hogan? Orden Hogan. Oh yeah, Jeez, I can't even remember what they're they were on Saturday. Like. I think they were quite heavy. Anyway. There was a guy anyway sitting there on the grass on the hill. There's a hill between where they sell alcohol and where you go down to the concert, and he was sitting there with his legs crossed reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a photo of him. I zoomed in and took a photo just sitting there like he's having a picnic or he's in a park just reading a book reading a novel while uh, the heaviest band at the weekend they're playing and uh, not a bother on him just having a yeah, read just chilling because <laughs> yeah it's for I guess mentioned just how the layout that you walk in and it's overall it's a, it's a perfect size for it like festival we talked didn't we because it's like probably only five between five and ten max wouldn't it be thousand probably it's not I big, think like. I've heard them saying like they got seven seven or eight capacity right. or something like yeah. that yeah so it's like a nice number. It's never sold out. Like it's comfortably busy for the biggest bands. Other than that, it's probably half full. But there's a hill. You go on, there's two stages beside each other, loads of food stalls and all that. But then there's a cool, there's a hill and there's a big massive ski jump in the background, which is a deadly setup. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's a ski, yeah. a ski resort in the winter, which is hilarious. Yeah. Somewhere so it's like, a festival site. It's de- just a deadly backdrop. Like when you realize, well, what a setting. But then up the hill is a bar, and it's great because half the bands and early on, you you probably aren't in the mood to be intensely down at the stage. So you sit on the hill, you're not that far, sipping a beer, getting full view of the band, which is great. Man. Exactly, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, so uh, all right, and uh, that's yeah, that's about it. So then we had um, so you said Candlemas as well. They were actually quite good. Uh, definitely yeah. watched a bit of them. Uh, but the headliner in the second night. So we had Raupt here the first night, was it? And the second night was Creator. The headliners were those. Pretty yeah, sure it was if, if it wasn't Civil War, it was Creator on the yeah. Friday, and, and Routier were Thursday. Yeah. On the final night, we had Sabaton, uh, which was our second time seeing them live. But um, yeah. as far as I recall, it was an excellent show. I have some pictures, like plenty of fire and, and all that type of stuff, and plenty mm. of explosions. But in general, just as a live band, 
I think they're brilliant. And they were in their element yeah. in their hometown, just like they had the crowd in the palm of their hands. Um, yeah. And lots of banter, on stage banter from Yo Kim. Um, yeah, he, 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 he seems so happy. Yeah. Like he, because he's he loves going into a Swedish, but he does a bit of English for like us us folk. Yeah, us yeah. fucking turds in the audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I remember I think at that gig and a later one we went to as well. They played one of my favorite Sabaton songs, which is a lifetime of war. But they played it in fucking Swedish. Uh, yeah. So he's like, uh, starts playing the song, and you're like, oh, deadly, a lifetime of war. Sing along to this. Yeah. No. And then like that's actually the only album they've ever done, Carolus Rex, where they recorded it in both Swedish and English. So yeah. when you get those songs at a gig, you're 50% likely mm. to get a Swedish version uh, as you are the English version. But um, overall, just a great success and a fucking great festival as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that just thinking about it, yeah, that, that first one was brilliant. And, and the weather, it was three yeah. days, four days of five days of heat wave. Like, it was amazing. What a difference that makes as well, just to a festival, isn't it? Like, compared to a washout. Oh, it really does. Like, yeah. it, it makes the whole thing. And the, mm. just even the photos we have of that festival, um, the sun is splitting the stones like it's it's ridiculous mm. uh just uh, amazing weather and i remember just walking around the place uh just sweating and yeah. uh, like i don't <laughs> think it was the alcohol it was never that hot again unfortunately no, for that any was, of the yeah. following years rain showed its ugly face in the stories to come later we forgot that one anecdote you made up uh one night when you're absolutely uh are well on your way shall we say after uh after the last band, uh, you made up a fine rendition of a, a song involving Snowy Shaw. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Involving uh, <laughs> so, a taxi on the wall. <laughs> so Snowy Shaw was like this guy who's been in a lot of different bands, mainly Swedish bands. And I think he was in Sabaton for a tiny bit, but um, he was one of the he was one of the guys playing at the festival and we were on our way home, pissed out of our minds, what I was anyway. Uh, we and, were, uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> I started singing, Snowy Shaw, Snowy Shaw. They got your taxi on the floor. Under <laughs> uh, were more verses. Long that, I, did you come up with it? Because we, we couldn't, we were trying to get a taxi. We couldn't get a taxi or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I don't know. We, we, oh, yeah, we were forgot, in stitches. forgot to mention the whole me getting thrown out thing as well. Oh, yeah. Because of seeking <laughs> the beer. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, I think you, it was just because I was drunk. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Because the other issue is you couldn't sneak, you couldn't bring beer from the bar and the hill area into the main standing up in front of the stage area so we always tried to sneak it like down jeans or something because the beer was in bottles there were there was two stories here actually so yeah. one is there was a distinction between the festival site where you watch the bands and the hill slash bar area where you yeah. could drink and you weren't allowed to bring drink into the festival area and that was like very clearly pointed out with signs yeah. and everything but uh, there was one point where I was innocuously just walking down from the hill toward to like a band had started on stage I was like oh fuck so I was carrying yeah. a beer and I just walked through the guards, like without even meaning to try and yeah. sneak a beer in. And they ran after me. You'd swear I was trying to bring yeah, yeah. a bomb in through an yeah. airport. Stop that, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They ran after me like, sir, sir, you cannot drink it here. And uh, I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, Sweet. sorry. I, I forgot. So I walked back and I just knocked it back and I threw the thing in the bin. And the other guy was like, I cannot believe I let you go through. I can't believe I didn't notice that. And I was like. I'm a oh. like don't be so hard on yourself he's like no that's my only job like, i can't believe you walked through it happened to the best of us mate you got alcohol into the site but then uh, there was a there was a later on on one of the nights where um i was being a bit pissed i reckon in the in the tent area and the, two of the guards yeah, approached me the, yeah I think, yeah they just like as in completely terrible level of drunkness in like any uk or irish festival but in sweden they'd pick it up i think 
Yeah, they were yeah, like, sir, I'm, yeah. I'm afraid you'll have to leave. And I just went, thank you. Yeah, you were like, there was a, I remember, I think I got a short video of it. It was like the most polite walkout escort out ever and our amicable escort ever. Like they were just like, oh, great. And I think you've exchanged thank yous at the at the end of the yeah. fenced area. Yeah. <laughs> but then I did I did sneak back in wearing your hoodie. Yeah. You did a yeah. switcheroo. But yeah. um, I think I got kicked out again then as well. But um, it was probably uh, time to go home at that point. Yeah, that was uh, there were some very drunken uh, moments over those three or four or five days. Actually, <laughs> were... one final thing I just remembered is because you weren't allowed to bring in any drink in, yeah. we, we went to the oh, off we license. Got... Yeah, we found like the smallest drink you could yeah. possibly find in the off license in Sweden was like a, a 20 milliliter small bottle of Jägermeister. So we went and bought like a nine pack of those each and yeah. uh, we snuck them in, in our shoes. <laughs> I think they were 40 now. Oh, were they? I think I've got them over since they were they weren't too shabby, All right, but okay. they're small to fit in. Yeah. Fair enough. But the, okay, so I remember walking in with like two of those yeah. in each shoe. I, I think I had like three at one point. It was killing my ankles because the jeans were yeah hitting, yeah, <laughs> and my socks were pressing them against my bone. Was like, and then, oh. when you got it in, like you got into the area and you had to drink a warm fucking yeah. Jägermeister. Well, like it wasn't even worth it. Like you, you could have just yeah. walked up to the bar and yeah. had a bottle of beer yeah. and walked back yeah. down. <laughs> I think at that point we're like we can't lose the buzz because we want to see the band and we can't be seeing the band with the beer and yeah keep keep it alive it was hilarious yeah I remember getting in with so many and then you later on you forget you had one left oh shit I still have one in my sock yes yeah exactly yeah uh, <laughs> made use of them all but like oh it's disgusting warm horrible yep. uh, yeah sticky sticky <laughs> Okay, so that was part one of what will be a series of episodes on the Sabaton Open Air Festival. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, As I said, I probably won't return until the 8th of January, or possibly the 15th. Hope to have a guest that would be of huge interest to most listeners, I'm sure. Uh, On top of that, we're going to continue that series, and you're going to see at least one more episode, if not two, on that. So I do hope you enjoyed this, because there's more coming. And that's going to do it. It's going to wrap up 2020 for me. So again, thanks to everybody who's been listening and supporting the podcast. You're fantastic, and thank you. And I just can't uh, can't thank you enough, because this is... um, I love doing this more than anything I've ever done in my entire life. That might sound hyperbolic. But it's not. It's true. I really do love it. I love it. And I'm going to continue into next year. So that's going to do it for Feckin' Metal for this week and this year. So happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Hope to see you all again in January. And I'm going to play out on a song by Civil War, which is a band we mentioned quite a lot there in that episode. And this song is called Rome is Falling. 